This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Monday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. How do you navigate mass resignations? A lot of people just not going back to their jobs, even as the pandemic wanes. Also, 1249, it is Stock Picker Monday. Colorado-based shoe and sandal maker Crocs is enjoying a resurgence. That's in our next segment. Right now, the report on sales of new homes is the first important piece of data out this week. Let's find out about it. Peter Cardillo is here, chief market economist at Spartan Capital Securities, based in New York. Uh, Peter, this uh, home sales number, it fell sharply in June. Can I give us a thumbnail of the numbers and their significance? Well, yeah, it was a negative surprise, and obviously it, it points to perhaps maybe the uh, housing market has peaked, although I'm not too sure about that. But if you um, look over the past several months, obviously, this data suggests that uh, maybe the uh, housing market has peaked. Now, uh, we saw prices tumble and we saw, uh, I'm sorry, we saw uh, sales tumble and we saw prices go up. Um, that usually happens when you're near a peak level. And I suspect that, uh, like I said, although I'm not ready to call it just yet, but um, it, it certainly points that way. But, of course, you know, the markets are, are taking it in stride. Um we see the stock market basically mixed, and uh, I think that's just due to a pause before the uh, big uh, tech names that will we'll be reporting this week, and more importantly, the Fed. Um, the FMOC meets uh, beginning tomorrow, and we'll have the announcement on Wednesday, and of course, uh, we also have uh, uh, the uh, uh, press conference by uh, uh, Fed Chief Powell. And I think the key lies there. Uh, and the big question mark is uh, whether or not he will hint to perhaps uh, a Jackson Hole announcement of tapering. Um, if he doesn't, um, I think the discussion uh, will obviously uh, be a topic of conversation both for the stock market and for the bond market. Uh, with the housing numbers, what's going on there? What, what's behind it? I mean, is it just not enough people wanting to sell their properties? No, I don't think. I, there's not enough of supply, for one thing. And uh, that's, you know, could be what's behind this. And I think, you know, uh, with prices uh, averaging, what, about 364000 uh throughout the nation, uh, that's a pretty hefty, they're pretty hefty levels, you know. We're talking about an average which includes uh, the Midwest, uh, uh, the South, uh, uh, Central America. Uh, obviously, that excludes uh, the, the uh, uh, California, New York, and uh, the Chicago area, where the cities obviously uh, the average price is much more than that. 
But on a whole, uh, that that's a pretty hefty level. So uh, I think that the supply factor and the fact that uh, 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 prices have reached uh, pretty hefty levels is holding back um, uh, buyers. Thanks so much for all the analysis. That's Peter Cardillo, Chief Market Economist at Spartan Capital Securities. Just ahead, Crocs are hot, but their maker is finding itself fighting off footwear copycats. Footwear maker Crocs is on a roll, but the Colorado-based company is also dealing with shoe pirates. Let's talk about it with Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Uh, Jan, I, I, I guess uh, imitation, that's certainly flattery, but Crocs is probably thinking it's costing them some money. Well, for sure. Having been sued over my career for infringing somebody else's patent, I can understand how they feel about this. They think their trademark's being infringed. They're suing Walmart. They're suing Hobby Lobby. I think they're suing Skechers. There's 12 different companies that they think are doing something that looks just like a Crocs to them. And when you're Business is on fire, and gee, I think they were number three on InStock's list of most interesting shoes to their clientele base. It's a pretty big deal, especially, in my opinion, when you're selling something as ugly as a pair of Crocs that I wouldn't be caught dead in. However, everybody else is dying to wear them, and therefore everybody's knocking them off, and I'm not surprised they're getting sued. Yeah, isn't it fascinating There's so many people say, oh, those things are so ugly, and yet they're just selling them constantly? Well, Birkenstocks are ugly, too, but everybody wears them, right? It's just beauty is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to consumers. But in any event, Crocs are really popular right now. And so they're certainly being knocked off. And the question is, how close to the line are you skating? And they're wanting to protect their intellectual property. And so they're going to go out and they're going to say, you guys are infringing our trademark and we're going to sue you. And they'll either win or they'll lose, but they'll at least get people's attention. And they're also getting a lot of publicity, which can't be bad either. Let's talk about the challenge of uh, suing, for example, Walmart, because that, it seems like it has to be delicate because you want Walmart to sell your product, even as you're suing them, saying that they are selling knockoffs. Yeah, that's always an issue. But, you know, it's just business and they'll come to some sort of agreement and Walmart or Walmart will either change the design a little bit. You know, Adidas sues everybody, too. And so does Reebok, because people knock off their designs all the time. Same with Nike. And uh you know, it's, it's, everybody recognizes that this is the popular look, and so I'm going to make that look. And if you get too close to what the consumer is buying from a branded product, you're probably going to get sued. And literally, it happens every day, especially if you're a discounter and you're basically creating knockoff products a lot and you're selling them at a lower price point. You get sued frequently on these because, you know, somebody's got to make the decision. Are you too close to the line on whether it looks so much like it, it's confusing the consumer? Are you just being on trend and making something the consumer wants just like the other guy is? And that frequently winds up in court or at least it winds up um, in a discussion with litigators. Seems like that's a, you know, because companies, as you mentioned, they do this all the time. That's a gamble that may pay off because if uh, you know if the judge rules in your favor and you've been selling a lot of these knockoffs, you're you're making a ton of money off of that for for maybe years while the litigation drags on. It usually goes in your favor, and even if there's some kind of settlement or cease and desist, and you even have to pay some money, usually you know you've sold something a consumer really wanted at a point in time they wanted it. You've built goodwill with the consumer, you've made money. And you didn't think you were too close to the line or you wouldn't have done it. You just wanted to be a little bit on the other side of the line. And sometimes it turns out you're not. 
when it comes to uh, being the company that, that is having all these knockoffs made, you know, they're, they're taking your product, there's really no way around it, right? If you're doing something that's hot, there are going to be imitators because they everyone's in it to try to make some money. Well, sure. Just look at Uggs. Everybody makes something that looks like an Ugg boot. You can buy them from Walmart to Nordstrom's. And at Nordstrom's, it's the real Ugg. And every, a lot of other places, it's something that looks like an Ugg. And do they have to defend that? Yes. And do they? Yes. But do people still knock it off by just being a lot like what you are? They do. And is the consumer really confused? And my argument would be, in most cases, they're not confused. They're saying, this one's 10 bucks, that one's 80 bucks, and it's close enough. Thanks so much. Always appreciate you being with us. That's Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide. Let's see, Croc stock today up right about a quarter of a percent, $131 a share. Just ahead, McDonald's putting more resources into exploring customer interaction with the company. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Chicago-based McDonald's has put together a new team to explore the ways its customers are interacting with the burger chain. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line. Allie Marotti, restaurants and retail reporter at Crane's Chicago Business. Uh, Allie, help us to understand what McDonald's is doing here. Yeah, for sure. So McDonald's has been working, you know, to get customers to interact with the brand kind of across all the categories, right? So think about you're obviously ordering at the drive-thru, but maybe you are looking at their app first or they just wrote out this new rewards program that they think is going to bring in a lot of customer data and drive loyalty. So the idea is to move a bunch of teams under kind of one executive. Um, it's teams working on digital, delivery, drive-through, marketing, and then also their menu. So getting those under the same guy basically to help streamline all of that and basically get better um, customer interaction. Yeah, talk about why move to this because I mean, obviously, companies are looking at, at customer data all the time. They've, they've been doing that for a long, long time. Uh, just explain the difference and the importance of doing this in the digital age. Yeah, for sure. So this is something that we've um, heard a lot of companies talking about during the pandemic, especially fast food companies and, you know, quick service restaurants like Chipotle and stuff, as more customers depend on the drive through. But we also see it a lot in the retail sector, which I also cover. One company, for example, Ulta, that I cover, Ulta Beauty, and I think this is a great example. They have said that their customers that shop with them online and in store spend something like three times more money, right? So customers don't think about the difference anymore. You don't think about, hey, I'm gonna, am I going to shop online or am I going to shop in person today? You know, maybe you're going in the store and checking something out and then buying it online in your size or whatever. And it's becoming similar in the restaurant world, too, as customers, you know, throughout the pandemic got really more comfortable ordering online. A company like McDonald's has been, um, for a few years now, even pre-pandemic, trying to reduce their drive-through times down because it saves them money. And they did that initially by like kind of streamlining their menu, making it more simple so they could get people through there quicker. And they saw that payoff during the pandemic with sales growth, right? So now they're trying to do that even more with technology. And if they can get their customers to order online or just interact with them so when they pull up, McDonald's can, you know, suggest an order for them, maybe something they've ordered before. So all of those factors together equals more money being spent at McDonald's. It's fascinating to see, too, when it comes to an app and rewards. I mean, it doesn't take much for people to become loyalty. They love seeing those points accumulate. They love knowing they're going to get a free drink or a free sandwich or something. It really does work. Yeah, and it's super interesting with McDonald's new program. It's been out for about two weeks now. And if you think about it, it's really McDonald's is years behind on this, right? Think about how long Starbucks has, has, has had their loyalty app out. 
and how that drives customers, you know, to buy more coffee, basically, maybe come back in the afternoon for your caffeine fix. McDonald's is trying to do the same thing here where somebody comes in for an Egg McMuffin, they're going to try to encourage them to come back, you know, for a Big Mac later. And it's really interesting what they're doing in the advertising campaign. My colleagues over at Ad Age wrote about this today. Um, they just rolled out this big ad campaign today revolving around the rewards program. And they're specifically using Twitter and using the loyalty of their followers. You know, so if you're a person that has interacted a lot with McDonald's on Twitter, you may get some more rewards because of that. Yeah, just keep moving. It's very important. Thanks so much. Always appreciate your insight. That's Ali Marotti, restaurants and retail reporter at Crane's Chicago Business. Still ahead of volatile time for employers. A record number of workers are changing jobs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Great to have you with us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Mayor Lightfoot discusses the possibility of policy changes because of the increase of COVID cases. New York's Mayor Bill de Blasio announces a strict vaccination order for municipal workers. Employers are facing volatile times as a record number of Americans decide it's time to switch jobs. And it's Stock Picker Monday at 1249. We'll get a pair of suggestions from an investor. Pro. On the markets, barely budging. The Dow up 34. The NASDAQ is up 3. And the S&P is up 5 points. Oil is down right about a half a percent. Sunshine in Chicagoland getting up into the 90s. Right now it's already 89 degrees. That's at O'Hare. It's just 80 degrees along Chicago's lakefront. The New York Times has released a new podcast interview with Mayor Lightfoot. One of the topics covered is the new wave of coronavirus cases and what may need to be done. If we get back into an area where we feel like we're in a red zone, which we are working very hard to make sure that our daily case rate is below 200, if we start to see consistently going over that, we're not only going to look at a mass mandate, but we're going to look back at other tools that we've been compelled to use. I hope we don't get there. What we're going to keep focusing on is pushing vaccine. But my number one priority 
is to keep people safe. The current daily case rate in Chicago is up 76% compared to a week ago. New York City's Mayor Bill de Blasio says starting September 13th, all municipal workers will have to be vaccinated or be tested weekly and show proof. This is about our recovery. This is about what we need to do to bring back New York City. This is about keeping people safe. This is about making sure our families get through COVID okay. This is about bringing back jobs, you name it. The mandate impacts around 340,000 city workers, including police officers and teachers. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The markets are positive, but just barely. The Dow up 25, the NASDAQ is up 1, and the S&P is up 4 points. Let's see what's going on. Michael Palumbo is here, founder of MJP Capital. He's author of the book Calculated Risk, based here in Chicago. Michael, always good to have you on the show. What do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Not really much movement. Well, good afternoon, Cisco, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, as you said, basically markets are flat, waiting on information that's going to be coming out this week. It's actually a big week for uh, market uh, moving information. You got the Fed on Wednesday, and you have multiple big tech names coming out all week Tesla, Apple, Microsoft, Google, AMD, Facebook, Amazon. They're all coming out this week. So the market's kind of just biding time and uh, waiting waiting for some of this information to come out. When it comes to earnings, is anyone paying attention to year over year or because of the pandemic? Is it all forward guidance and, and maybe a year over two years ago? Well, honestly, guidance almost always trumps everything else. Uh, markets are forward looking always. So what happened uh, last quarter, it's important, but really what, what the market is looking for is what's going to happen in the next year. And so far, what we've come out with uh, has been solid. So the markets, uh, we're sitting at all-time highs in the S&P, and we're waiting on, uh, on further information. But everything has been great so far. And is that surprising as an investor, given everything that we've gone through over the last, man, it's been more than a year now. I mean, is it surprising that so many companies are bouncing back so strongly? Well, I have to admit the pace of the bounce back has got me surprised. And, and, and we're a little higher than where I would have thought we'd be at this point in the S&P. But it does make sense based on the numbers. If we can keep yields low and earnings continuing to grow like they are, then I, I can see the, the market continuance march up. And, and we're going to find that out this week with all the biggest tech names coming out. So this is going to be a big make or break week for the market in general. I know you pay attention to crypto quite closely. Uh, help us understand here. I mean, this weekend, uh, I mean, it was another great weekend for crypto, yet this is a roller coaster. I would love to help you understand crypto, but I'll tell you what, it's not, it's not an easy task. Uh, but yeah, what, what happened over this weekend was, uh, you know, another big move. And, and almost all these, and we talked about this earlier this morning, but all these big moves in crypto happen on the weekends. And uh, where, where a lot of uh, traders are not, not necessarily paying attention, but not trading. So you had Bitcoin run 20% over the weekend on news that Amazon may start using it uh, as a form of payment. So a lot of these moves happen over the weekends. Um, and it, I, I think this is justified. But like I said, you, if you're trading crypto, you're trading it seven days a week. 
If you're a, a company, whether it's Amazon or someone else, if you're a company and you say, hey, we're going to start accepting crypto as payment, uh, Bitcoin or otherwise, is that because you feel like uh, commercially you have to do it, right? It, it's just another currency? Or is that because you're banking on the price going up and you want to be holding on to as much of that stuff as a company? Well, as someone who runs a business himself, I mean, I, I would be looking at just, you know, obviously being competitive with my, my competition. And, and with Amazon, they're trying to get ahead of some of the other retailers that haven't uh, made a move yet. So uh, certainly I think a lot of this adoption is going to be co- competition-based, just wanting to beat other other uh, companies to, to this new uh, form of payment. Um, I don't think anybody's doing it as a, we're betting Bitcoin's going to go up thing because you could just do that and obviously buy that on your own balance sheet and hold it that way. So it's more of a uh, competitive uh, situation where you don't want to be the company that isn't isn't accepting Bitcoin when your rivals are. Thanks so much. Always appreciate the analysis from Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk. Just ahead, Americans are changing jobs in record numbers. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The pandemic has forced many people out of their jobs or prompted them to reconsider their employment goals. Let's talk about it. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Rick Cobb, Executive Vice President at Keystone Partners here in Chicago. Uh, Rick, I guess help us to understand the scope of this, the number of Americans who are leaving their employment. Sure. Well, the, 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 if you look at the those surveyed, and those surveys tend to be anonymous, uh, is it like a, as high as 30 to 40 percent of the workforce says they're going to go somewhere else. I think that's not the reality uh, because an anonymous survey isn't really reflective of what I will do, more of how I feel. So we were talking about people who uh, are, are either feeling or doing something differently. And is the pandemic really the impetus here? Is that what's causing people to reevaluate things? I, I think people have to make their own decision. And that's not a cop out. You know, so many people who decide they want to leave haven't really looked at the reason for it. Is it money? Is it the environment? Is it the geography? Is it the the difficulty of the work, the hours? And many of those are valid reasons, but, you know, embedded in that is how you feel and has that changed? So the calculus people need to do when they're thinking about this is what, what's good about where you are now and what's bad and how has that changed in the last three years? Was it, was it, is it different now than it was and do you have any theories for why that's changed? Because if you can't leave your problems behind often, they just pack their own bag and come along with you. And so if, if, COVID, if COVID fatigue and the stress and uncertainty of what you've been going through, you're not going to get over that. And, and certainly going to a new job where the stress is higher and the expectations and perhaps even the working environment expectations are, are more demanding isn't going to reduce your stress. So you have to make the decision about if you really want to go and why. I appreciate you saying that, Rick, because I, I think there are a lot of people who feel like I'm under a lot of stress. You know, I'm not sleeping well, not eating well, not exercising well, you know, all this stress, and it's got to be my job. I don't have the satisfaction in my job, and yet sure. if, if that's not really the problem, they're going to leave, and it's, it could be a huge mistake for them. You know, it's really interesting, Cisco. I had a chance to go about a month ago to a, a job fair in a, in, a, in a very low employment manufacturing environment. 
And uh, the people that we would talk to wanted to know what we would pay. And this was, a, I was working with somebody who had a manufacturing company. And they all made incredible money and they all hated where they were working. So it's not money, at least, in, at least it's often not money. And I think that's, that's the thing that we have to think about. What are the other benefits of the job you have now? And are those things going to improve, get worse, or remain the same in that transition? And then you're the new kid. And, you know, it's last in, first out is the way organizations typically make changes. What do you do as an employer if you do have to deal with this sort of uh, wave of people not coming back? How, how do you handle this? Because you want to get employees, you want them to be good employees, and yet you're in an environment where salaries are having to go up in order to attract them. You know, it's really tough. And if you look at, I, I was looking recently at the, the top companies in the U.S. and then the ones that had the lowest turnover rates. Now, granted, these are some very big companies who probably have very deep pockets, but you can do smaller versions of this. It's not money. You know, if you look at, say, a General Mills, if you work at General Mills, you can take your laundry to work. You can get your car service. You can get packages wrapped. You can get your nails done. You pay for it, but you don't have to go anywhere. And they subsidize infant care for children from six weeks and up. Now, these are all problematic in COVID. And certainly if you're, you know, if you're running a coffee shop or a, a single restaurant, it's very difficult to do that. But what sorts of things can you do as an employer to make the people that work for you feel valued in some way other than just paying them? Because pay is transactional. If I asked you to come over and, 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 uh, and help me change my tire and we're neighbors, you might do it. If I said I'd pay you five bucks, you'd slam the door in my face. You know, so you need to build relationships. It's very difficult to do that if your company has never been like that because your employees are unlikely to believe that the change is real. Just for the record, Rick, I will come change your tire for five dollars. <laughs> just just so you know. <laughs> no, you know you won't. We'll, but if you do it, I hope I hope we never have that problem because I don't feel it'd probably be you instead of me. I don't think I'm very good at changing. That's what I can say. I can make that offer because I know you're never gonna really ask me. All right. Have a great day. All right, the gauntlet's, the gauntlet's thrown. <laughs> Thank you. Rick Cobb, right, Executive bye-bye. Vice President at Keystone Partners here in Chicago. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. Still to come, our Monday stock picker. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday on the Noon Business Hour. Helping us out this afternoon, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, good to have you with us. What's your first pick? Uh, the first pick is Danaher. The symbol is DHR. The stock trades for about $290 a share. Uh, Danaher is a major player in the diagnostics and research area, in the life sciences area, lab instruments, etc. The company has gotten a pretty big lift from COVID. They have some COVID testing uh, that they provide. And, you know, the, the thing that Wall Street has been concerned about with companies that have really gotten a boost from COVID is how are these companies going to perform in kind of a post-COVID world, if, if in fact, we ever get to a post-COVID world. Uh, Danaher just announced their earnings, and they were very, very strong. And one of the things that was really impressive was uh, the guidance they gave in terms of their COVID-related business um, going forward in 2022, as well as their base business, their non-COVID business. And both of them are expected to perform quite well. So we look for earnings to continue to do quite well. That news gave a real nice bump to the stock, uh, but we think there's still further upside. So that's Danaher. The stock symbols DHR trades for about $290 a share, and it's a stock that we like quite a bit going forward over the next 6 to 12 months. All right. What's your second pick? 
Well, same industry. Uh, TMO is the symbol. The company is Thermo Fisher Scientific. Again, another uh, uh, laboratory instrument and testing, diagnostics, uh, pharmaceutical research. Uh, I like the healthcare sector in the second half of this year. Thermo uh, Fisher was also one of those companies that Wall Street was kind of waiting to see how that company would do in, in kind of a post-COVID world because it, it too got a really nice bump from COVID-related business, and I think their business is going to be just fine. Their base business is improving as more people, uh, you know, in the academic world return to the labs. Uh, I think COVID business is going to continue to be strong, especially now with the various uh, the variants with the Delta variant. It looks like that's going to be hanging on and become more endemic. Uh, and I think that's good news, at least for TMO's business. So again, another nice, steady, high-quality play in that space. It's Thermo Fisher, symbol is TMO, and the stock, tr- stock trades for about $530 a share. Thanks so much. Always appreciate the insight. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter, our Monday stock picker this week. His two picks, Danaher, DHR, and Thermo Fisher, TMO. You'll find past programs later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.